Well, hey, folks, and welcome to the Jason Wright Show, Best Friday Ever, Father's Day Weekend Edition. To all the dads out there, I want to wish you a very, very happy Father's Day this upcoming weekend. And I wanted to include some of my uh, buddies who are veteran, one that's a veteran as a father in Jason Smith, who's going to lend a little message here for all the dads out there, as well as a rookie dad, a buddy of mine, John Landis, just welcomed his first child, a baby girl, into the world uh, 10 days ago. And so he and I went and had lunch at our favorite barbecue pit, Stanley's Barbecue, right here in uh, Tyler, Texas, and discussed fatherhood and over uh, some incredible uh, BBQ. But before we get started, I wanted to just start off with some very sound advice from my buddy Jason Smith, one of the just best dudes I know, and the fruit of his labor is very uh, telling from uh, his his two children, Riley and Tate, who are great, great kiddos, great young adults now, and he and Julie have done a remarkable job raising those two, and so let's just uh, let's just listen into what my buddy Jason had to say whenever I posed the question of him, what fatherhood and uh, meant to him, and some uh, some wisdom he might be able to impart with the Jason Wright Show audience. So enjoy. <laughs> Jason Wright, thanks so much, man, for asking me to kind of give some input on Father's Day and, and being a father. Um, and fatherhood is the it's the best thing ever. It's also one of the hardest things ever. Um, I've got a 21-year-old daughter now and a 17-year-old son. And, you know, I heard maybe a little bit too late uh, the four C's. Uh, as of being a father, maybe even a mother too, but parenting kids. And, um, you know, we begin being caretakers. That's the first C is a caretaker. We, they need everything from us, right? I mean, we're doing it all or else they don't survive. They need us for everything. And then probably around the age of, you know, seven to 12 years old, somewhere around in there, we're like the cop in their life. Like we're teaching them right and wrong. You know, there's, there's consequences when they do something right. There's consequences when they do something wrong. And, and so we're trying to, you know, kind of catch them in those things so that we can teach and, and train them. And then somewhere around the ages of 13 to, I don't know, 16, 18, depending on your kid, you become their coach. Um, good example of that. And for me, I'm kind of a sports guy, but... You know, if if a coach is telling me on the, I'm on the football team and I'm the running back and he's saying, hey, if you'll run right through this hole right here, that's the way it's designed. But if you choose to kind of take the hole to the left or to the right, you might make it. You might get beat up just a little bit, but you might make it through there. So, I mean, I'd recommend this hole. Uh, and then when they, you know, then when they go through that hole, man, you celebrate that with them. And you're like, man, great choice. Um you know, that was the hole that was designed to you for you to run through. And, um, you know, you, you cheer them on that way. And then, you know, if they run through the wrong hole, get beat up a bit, you know, you pick them back up and you're like, hey, man, you might try, you know, my direction that like go go through this hole. Um, and then somewhere around the ages of, yeah, it just depends on the kid, but like 16 and up, um, you're more of a consultant in their life. 
And I, and for me, that's been the tricky transition um, to be a consultant versus a coach. Cause I've always wanted to tell them the right direction to go. And um, you know, when they're struggling with something, I, I want to fix it and make it right. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, unsolicited advice is really not welcomed uh, as they get older. So being a consultant uh, now, especially to my my daughter, uh, has been something I've really, really had to work on. Um, but now I, I listen more, um, and I wish I'd have listened more early on, trying to do a better job with my 17-year-old as he's kind of in that transition phase from coach to consultant. But listen and allowing them as older teenagers to to ask. Um, and then I give my opinion or advice, you know, when when they ask for it. And um, but man, love being a dad, uh, love celebrating my kids. And I uh, hope everyone has a great Father's Day. Well, next, folks, I'm going to take you to one of my favorite spots on planet Earth. That is Stanley's Famous Pit Barbecue. I freaking love Stanley's. And I sat down there with John Landis, one of my closest friends, who only 10 days ago welcomed his beautiful daughter, Clara K. Landis, into the world. And here's the post that he put on Facebook that made my wife choke up and showed his tender side. It said, If you felt the ground rumble Tuesday morning, it was my heart exploding. At Laura Landis is the wife and mom I had dreamed about and asked God for. I've never been so happy to be such an emotional wreck. So thankful she looks like her mama. And we all are, John. Landis is one of my buddies. Uh, he's uh, he's a great dude, and I know he's going to make a phenomenal father. But having a, a little bit of a message from an experienced dad of, I guess, 21 years, like Jason Smith, I thought we would check in with the other end of the spectrum with my buddy, John Landis, who has so much road ahead of him, but I know is going to be a great dad. And so, Landis, thanks for sitting down with me over some barbecue. Laura, congratulations. And little baby Clara, I cannot wait to meet you and teach you just how nerdy your father really is whenever he's around me. So just be prepared. We plan to embarrass you for years and years and years to come. So with that, folks, enjoy my conversation with rookie dad, John Landis. All right, I'm recording. Hey, everybody, just so you know, getting started here, if you hear the ambiance in the back, we are at Stanley's Barbecue Dip. My boy, John Landis. What's hey, up, hey. Brand new father. Brand new. I mean, like, eyes still a little bloodshot new. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's great. It is a life change in an instant, and I could never be happier about it. All right, so. Super excited. Well, when Jimlin read the post that you did about if you felt, would you say, if you felt a... If you felt the earth rumble, it's because my heart exploded. I mean, come on, dude. That should be on a freaking <laughs> Father's Day card or something. That was beautiful. Well that, done. That, that's on my to-do list, then. <laughs> well, you know, congratulations. Thank you. We're so thrilled. Um, and it went by fast from, you know, us having dinner at Villaggio one night. And then, uh, all, and you guys saying, hey, by the way, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so congratulations to you guys. And I thought what we would do, this is going to be the best Friday ever episode, Father's Day edition. And I wanted to talk to a new father. And I'm happy to, as, as someone who considers himself a rock star dad, if you have any questions, you know, the doctor's in. I'm, I'm happy to, to give you all the tips, secrets that it takes to be a world-class father. And, and, and also, <laughs> I got to give a shout out. I invited Nick to be here today, the owner of Stanley's Barbecue. If anyone that's listening has never been to Stanley's in Tyler, Texas, dude, are we not just so fortunate to have this Texas treasure right here in our backyard? It's, I mean, why it's not already our unofficial East Texas Republic Capitol building is, yeah. is a shame. It is a this shame. This is the place to be it is at all times. Well, and now that we've found this little corner booth, you know, it, Nick, um, if you happen to listen to this later on, I know you're out of town, you couldn't be here today, I wanted you to jump in here. Uh, this might, we might have to commandeer this as like our remote studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I think Nick would be on board with that. I'm sure Absolutely. he would. Well, and you know what? Another mention I want to make here is my partner in crime for my new show, Josh Tomlin, totally bailed on me. Um, so, you know, he's – but you know what? It's for a good reason. He's being a good dad, which he is. He went to the Gaylord in Dallas last night. They're having some work done at the house, so he and Carly took the girls and Ace over to the Gaylord – and he's going to the water park today, a water park. Does the Gaylord have a water park? It has to. I mean, it's so big. I mean, what does it not have? I haven't been in exactly. years, but I'm sure it does. Well, I figure that he is uh, suffering enough if he's going to a water park today <laughs> yeah. uh, for me to that, – that's punishment enough for him, but not being a good dad, so I'm cool. And, so anyway, that's where we are, dude. We're having, uh, having some good BBQ, and let's just talk about dadhood. So – Tell me kind of how these first few, what's, it's been like, what? Has ten, it been, ten days ten or so. Ten days, barely, yeah. not even two weeks. So, yeah. so what has been the biggest surprise? The biggest surprise was, I mean, I mean it like truly as soon as I heard that first scream from, from our little angel Clara come out, I, I was just like, well, life will never be the same, truly. And I'm happy and I'm excited and. Laura's happy and healthy, and I'm like, it's just an instant perspective change to like, oh, I just added on my my goals list. I added on to my uh, who to provide for and how and work hard list and all these things that are, um, I mean, you know, just the future is, is a lot brighter, and, and I'm super happy. You know what you just said there is I think that's one of the things that people that don't have children that – one thing, I'm not going to say that they're missing out as though it's something they should do because some of them they want to and can't, but there is a shift in your personal atmosphere where all of a sudden you're fully aware that you're now living. You do this when you take on a spouse, but when a child comes that is completely 100% dependent on you, it changes your whole perspective on life as to why you get up in the morning. All your goals now involve that child and providing for that child and that the person that child will become, the, the, the character that she will possess. Um, it's really, it's, it's kind of an awesome, and I don't know about you, but sometimes, I don't think this really ever happened to me. I don't know why. I guess it all happened so fast, but it can be at times pretty daunting whenever you, if you just sit and meditate on that for a little while, because yeah. it's another human being yeah. that you are, and if you're like us, if you're a Christian, to the non-Christian out there, you'll probably just think this is totally weird, but bear with us. Whenever you realize 
okay, you are to be the earthly image of God to that child. Yeah, no pressure there. Yeah, yeah, the, the bar went up about infinity feet uh, <laughs> about a week and a half ago to try to measure up to. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting. The first thing that really hit me was, you know, my, my wife, Laura, works for the school district here, has a great job. And, you know, when we did our vows um, over almost two years ago now ourselves, you know, that was one of our first forevers that really hit me. Like, yeah. hey, this is forever. This is a forever union. And um, and I'm grateful that um, she she's able to work and likes what she's doing and, and provide. And I'm trying to do the same thing. And but But when that baby comes out and you're like, this baby doesn't eat or have a roof or anything if I don't show up and do my part. I mean, I right. really, really took it to the whole another level that like I've almost physically felt, felt change, which has been wild, so. What are some things that you did in preparation for? Because that's another thing too, just to back up here, the whole, you know, you're, you're not only a close friend of mine, and I guess this always makes me feel old, but kind of like a mentee of mine, you and I, you know, I try to impart whatever. Oh yeah, whatever, and, here, and, and here's how my mentorship works. I tell you how, all the ways I've screwed up in life and tell you, don't do that. Don't do that thing. I'm like Dwight. I'm I, like Dwight Schrute. <laughs> I mean, what else? Uh, I mean, what else would you want from a mentor at times? Like, exactly. Hey, here's where I crash and burn. Avoid that turn. And okay, well, thanks, Jason. I'll do that. Exactly. So, exactly. So that's that's but. what I think I bring to the ta- to the table. A lot of screw ups to say, hey, you know, like Dwight Schrute. I think to myself, <laughs> what would an idiot do? And then I don't do that thing. So <laughs> that's what I try to impart to you, my man. Well, you're you're being modest. For every screw up, I'm sure there's a hundred things you did right and, and did well. So well, I, I like to learn both sides. So, but that being the case, so you 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 bought into the the improve always and always mantra. I mean, you listen to the show, you listen to all the stuff I put out. So, were there some things that you did in preparation for the you know this this new life change or or, or what? Well, I went from reading pre- pretty regularly um, to re- reading anything like hey prepare prepare for having a kid that I could get my hands on. Um, and I really tried to have it from Christian authors, especially, because I think that's an important perspective. It's not just a, hey, here's how to raise your kid. And, you know, in right. 2022, it's like, hey, here's some scripture on how to raise your kid. That's as true as when it was written as it is today. Right. If not more so. Right. Um, so that was a huge, huge prep. Um, I'm grateful for my, you know, father-in-law and, and, and my own dad that, that, really have sent a lot of wisdom my way and um, say here's here's kind of what to expect here's how to really make sure you're taking care of Laura and here's how to just kind of what to get ready for and then usually the best advice I've gotten and, and learned from reading listening talking with whatever is just just do all your right, best so my little angel I mean just has, really uh, if you're all in taco, and love that, love and that I asked son him the question what had he learned you know, from his dad nothing else is going to matter and they're going to appreciate you the and they're going to be happy when you get home and um, love their dad really so that's cool and that's what I, I just relationship whatever I'm doing smaller John and his brother so I want to know what cues or lessons I get a daily reminder now when I when I see my daughter for sure alright so here's something I want to ask you and I guarantee you a lot of the listeners out there who are my age you know or, or older even, probably wonder or about. And I don't want to put a negative, like, I don't want to throw ice on it, but 2022 in the United States of America is a pretty screwed up and dark place. And we know that there's social forces that are literally targeting children. I mean, if you'd have to be an absolute moron to not realize, and we're not going to get into, I don't want to get into some 
you know, culture war, social battle here. That's not what the show's about. And and I do that because those of you who listen and have very strong opinions on one side or the other, I don't want to magnify one. I don't want to turn anybody off. I just want to, but the bottom line is if you, if you haven't realized that there is a social push towards our children that a lot of traditional people uh, don't generally buy into, it makes you go, God, why in the hell would anybody have a child in this environment? Yeah, people keep on doing it. Jimlin and I, we would have another child. I mean, we would. So for yeah. you, and, and look, it's so much different. It is different for, for these days dramatically from when Rylan and Abby were growing up, and they're 21 and 22. So the difference between whenever you grew up, which is the generation behind me, and then when I grew up, I mean, it's like we're just moving so fast. How have you processed that, and how do you prepare for that with all the things that this society is going to in- inundate you and your family with as you go forward how do you prepare to i don't know just be ready to take that on you know in some sort of a pragmatic way Ooh, i'm glad you said the easy questions for the for the first bar <laughs> yeah let's go deep right here buddy. <laughs> um man it's it's really i don't think it's ever been easier ever in our lifetime to be a pessimist mm-hmm. um it's just, it's just nowhere you can turn to, turn on, hear, read, not telling you that things are just floating down that toilet and you're not stopping it. So, you know, I think, I don't think there's a bigger task, bigger job than raising kids uh, and raising them the right way. And, and I know we only have one right now, but like in a perfect world, I want as many as we can. You know, there's a, there is a, I, I want to raise kids that do the work for the Lord, um, and I'd rather have one doing that. Or, I'm sorry, I'd rather have more than just one doing that. You know, it's a it's a generational thing. It is a, and it really does it does it does eke into this cult, cultural just absolute insanity that we see every day. Right. Um, and so I think if it if it you know I really try to put the weight on my shoulders to say I've got to lead this family in a direction that. When my daughter's not at our house and being influenced by someone else or around this group, she's rock solid in what she knows is right, what she knows that, you know, I, I probably shouldn't be here, or, you know what, I know that's you keep saying this thing, but that's an opinion at best. Or So I want, you know, and that's going to take, I, I don't think the workload's going to get any less. Yeah. I mean, the older we get, the crazier things get, and... Um, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be a battle for life, yeah. um, but I think it's one worth fighting every single day and just starting over. So you know, um, Jason Smith, who actually I'm gonna include, I asked some of my buddies that are fathers and who I think, in, in my opinion, you know, my, my general just kind of third party opinion, I think are good fathers to to include like a little audio clip to include in this segment about Father's Day. And Jason Smith, who is in my opinion just one of the most rock-solid human beings to ever walk the earth. I mean, he's just a good, solid dude. And he used to, I remember something he used to say whenever about whenever he was in high school. He said, with regard to peer pressure, you should try to be the pressure. You know, mm. he said, oh, you, wow. you, yeah. you, you be yeah. the one that's applying the pressure. Yeah. And, you know, and he's always been just a solid guy. I mean, all the way back from whenever yeah. he was in, uh, oh, wait a minute, timeout. Last train to Clarksville, the monkeys 
Speaking of childhood and father and all that, I'm just going to take a complete turn. I freaking loved the monkeys. So if you guys yeah. can hear it in the background, the monkeys are playing. I love the freaking monkeys. I, I just missed on them, yeah. but but I do appreciate them that's, now. That's yeah. a shame because just you know, just came right after them. And we just lost. So I think Peter York, I think, is dead. Uh, oh, here's a little trivia for a little monkeys trivia for you, audience. See if you can get this before Mr. Landis. Mike Nesmith. The I guess he was the, either the bassist or the lead guitarist. I can't remember for the Monkees. You know what his mother is really, really famous for? Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, his mother, she invented something very profound. Oreo cookie? You're close. There's, there's, it's, it's something white. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know. Liquid paper. Liquid paper. Michael Nesmith of the Monkees. Whiteout. His mother invented okay. Whiteout. She was okay. a uh, she was a secretary. Was tired of making mistakes and came up with some kind of little <laughs> deal to put over and boom, Whiteout. Good for her. Isn't that wow, great? that's yeah. brilliant. So she anyway. she has saved my hind a few times. Oh, so yeah, and, and I'm it, a new Monkees fan just because of her. Talking about <laughs> evolving, dude. Our kids, at least. Okay, my girls, they I can't imagine that they have ever used whiteout why would they have they don't write anything anymore their whole life they don't even teach them at grace they don't even teach them to uh, write cursive well no no i'm sorry at grace they do teach them to write cursive but yeah. they're like one of the only schools left still teaching that yeah yeah i i uh i went to grace myself and they were still i mean you'd, you'd fear not being good at cursive after a certain point like that's how instilled yeah. it was and yeah. i'm grateful for that because i write I write. I try to write both now, but I write so much faster still in cursive. Yeah. Now reading it two weeks later after forgetting what I wrote can be tricky sometimes. But uh, but yeah, I appreciate that. All right. Well, I tell you what, your tacos are gonna get cold, so I'm gonna push pause, and we'll come back, folks. We're gonna enjoy some more barbecue, and maybe y'all won't have to hear me smack and chew because I'm gonna pat this <laughs> microphone's probably picking up on all of it. So I'm gonna push pause for a minute. All right, so my little angel had uh, finished his brisket taco, and I asked him the question, what had he learned from his dad? Because the thing that I've always noticed about the Landis family is that their dad, Drew, is just really cool and has an incredible relationship with John and his brothers. So I wanted to know what cues or lessons he had taken from his father that he planned on applying to his new daughter. So let's continue quality to have I mean some people can't be either uh, so I think it's a good blend but he he is I'll give him all the credit in the world for being the best at not being shy to discipline you when you've earned it but as soon as he thinks he as soon as he thinks you're ready or he needs to he is hugging you I love you I hate doing that but here's why let's not do that again yeah. and an hour later you forget it even happened right. oh well well, hopefully you didn't. You didn't forget the lesson, but you did forget the man. I saw my dad. You know, my dad had to punish me, but uh, he's so good about that. I mean, instantly, like, okay, he did that for a reason. I know he loves me. I believe him when he says it. Let's go have fun. Let's go throw the football in the yard. Like, you know, life is gonna move on. So, yeah. really, really good at that. That's for sure. The what I think of. Did you and your dad ever have that really big one blow up that you can like whenever if you go. There was this time. Did y'all ever have that? Um, I, I, I can't put my finger on a awesome. on a, on a blow-up. I can't. Um, I mean, it's, okay, so the one – and he didn't blow up. 
but it was the first time like okay he really was disappointed in my actions mm-hmm. and it oh, was and, and right there, you just said something there to me I think you're a good dad if it's if you know when you have disappointed not my dad's mad at me not my dad's angry at me yeah, yeah. but the disappointing your dad yeah. is what really has the impact so anyway yeah. c- yeah, continue and, and, and as we got older he became a pro also at the mental punishment mm-hmm. like just, oh, yeah. It's kind of the passive-aggressive, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish you wouldn't have done that, but, you yeah. know, I guess that's what you want to do, so we're just going to move on. You're like, man, I, I feel worse. That's, I would rather just get spanked or something know, instead. That's like, the worst. He's good at that. Um, no, uh, one of the earlier, and it's just it's more of a funny story than not, but my middle brother Jimmy and I and one of his friends decided to go to the zoo. So my youngest brother is 12 years younger, Will, so he's like in kindergarten at this point. So my dad's helping chaperone his little field trip to the Tyler Caldwell Zoo, shout out. And they're there. Well, the East Texas Fair was here the week before. So old John and Jimmy might have gotten their hands on about 5,000 stink bombs uh, from, the, from, the, from the fair. So the snake muse- this museum, the snake, you know. I it's a know, terrarium. The terrarium, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, that was carpeted and enclosed. And uh, in a perfect semicircle, so you couldn't really escape. So we might have dropped one or two or 400 of those with some <laughs> sweet ladies and their granddaughters that were there checking the snakes out. I mean, we just, I mean, it was chemical warfare. Like, it would have made a few guys overseas blush at what we did to that place. And, of course, they, they, how we got busted is because we couldn't stop laughing. We were trying to run out, and I, I'm pretty sure I, like, fell over trying to run out at 12 years old laughing from what we just did. And so they told on us, park ranger Steve comes and gets us. And thankfully I was, I think what saved me from a true blow up was I took the full blame. I was like, my brother didn't have anything to do with it. I'm like 12 years old doing this. And I think that's what spared me the, the rod. I still got the, the mental, yeah. but that spared me the, the mighty, but it's all good. He said, we usually call the police for this, but since your dad's here, let's just go talk to him. And man, the look on my dad's face, I think now being older, he was straining more not to laugh at just how absurd this is that yep. the park ranger is rounding us up for dropping stink bombs on old ladies. But that's what, that's what you, that was a Saturday in Tyler, Texas. That's, you know, that's before uh, Xbox and Snapchat and all that fun stuff. You just old fashioned trouble. Speaking of before Xbox and just the things that we could get away with back then. So I am so old that I remember pre caller ID days on landlines. Oh, so yeah. So prank calling was oh, the thing. Oh, yeah. So, and <laughs> for anyone in Sulphur Springs, I'm probably about to uh, give myself away to some people that all these years later were like, well, yo, that was you. So, Ben and Lo, Ben, if you're listening, I'm about to tell the Westbrook concrete story. So, just be prepared for any wrath that you may have to endure as a result of this. Ben and I were just the master prank callers. And, I mean, to the extent that whenever we would have high school parties, people would say, Ben and Jason, do your prank calls, and would gather <laughs> around and listen to us do these calls. And one of our favorite bits was to call up people. we just take the phone book, and which has, that, you know, it has the address. So you could sound really official. And it might be 9 o'clock on a Saturday night, and we'd be like, Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. This is Dale Blevins over at Westbrook Concrete, and we got those 100 bags of sackcrete that you ordered, and we're about to deliver them, and we wanted to know, do you want them on the front lawn? Do you need them in the driveway? You just need to test where to drop them. <laughs> well, imagine this poor person at 9 o'clock at night getting a call that they think that there's sack concrete in transit. They didn't order any sack. 
So inevitably, they'd be like, wait, we didn't order any concrete. And I'd be like, well, ma'am, are you at, and I'd just look in the phone book. It's not, are, you yeah, one, yeah. Two, are you 123 Oak Avenue? Is your address. Yes, yeah. no, well, on our way. And I'm on the mobile unit, so I, I'm already en route. <laughs> and if I don't get this delivered tonight, it's been a long day. It's 9 o'clock. It's Saturday. Charlie Westbrook's going to have me. So I'm, I'm going I'm to put this wherever you tell <laughs> oh, me. Jason. And so these poor people would just go ballistic, okay, because they had all this sat concrete on the way. Well, this is where you knew that we had kind of, I guess, over-leveraged this routine in a small town. One time, <laughs> random, dude. I mean, random. I mean, Sulphur Springs is small, but still there was, back then, like 14,000 people. Nevertheless, we go through the phone book. Friends are gathered around. We're going to go deliver some sat concrete. And... We call this lady up, and she starts yelling, I told y'all last week I did not order any sack concrete. I've already called Charlie Westbrook. Y'all tried to do this to me last week, tried to deliver me sack concrete. We had called her before. Oh, man. And she called. Yep. And so (laughs) that was – so just – I had to throw that in. There was no disciplinary action taken once my father figured out that we were doing that because he he actually thought it was kind of funny. But I remember we had our one big blow-up, and – my daughters and I, each Rylan and Abby, have had their one big blow up with me that I wish I could take back. That, you know, it's like those moments. So just, just again, the things that I've done, I think what an idiot would do and go, I'm not going to do that thing. Just never lose your cool with that baby girl because there will come a time. There will come a time. And like I remember poor Abby. And you know what? I, I pulled a little bit of a Drew Landis on Abby. Ryland, it was just a brawl. It was the first time she and I had ever raised our voices at one another. With Abby, what had happened, she had been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And so that, that was a game changer, right? I, I always had these visions of her leaving the house, having a, a, a sugar low, and then passing out in her car and just rolling up into somebody's driveway and or in their yard. Pass, it just... So I always freaked out when I didn't know exactly where she was. Poor thing. It's as if having diabetes wasn't bad enough. She had this overprotective dad to boot. <laughs> yeah. Well, one night she comes home really late. And I well, actually, she hadn't come home yet. So I start driving around Holly Tree looking for her. And I see her car and we pass. And she doesn't see that I've passed her. So I'm like, okay, so she's just driving around. So I go stand in my driveway and I just wait. She finally pulls up. And she's like, I'm so sorry that I'm late or whatever. I go, okay. We'll talk about it in the morning. And I just go to bed. So, so kind of Drew Landis life. Yeah, just, she has to sit all night long thinking going, about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so then the next day, it, this was like, this was almost heartbreaking, dude. As a dad, I'm, I'm up in my office the next morning. It's Saturday, and I'm doing my quiet time or whatever. And all of a sudden, I hear from the bottom of the stairs, Daddy. I mean, just like this, just this cracking voice daddy and I go yes she said can I come up there I was like yes and so she comes up and dude this poor child was so destroyed just bawling just comes up just gives just I'm so sorry and I'm like I mean at that point it's like there's no way I can you know punish her or yell at her yeah and I, it, it's been done. Exactly. I mean, so it was like the Jedi mind trick that day. It really worked. But it's just weird the differences that, um, you know, the different. And, and also how you'll deal with whenever you guys have another one. You deal with your each child differently. Yeah. A fun, one of my favorite stories of fatherhood 
when Rylan was really little, we had a spanking spoon. And it was this wooden spoon that we kept in the kitchen drawer. And she knew exactly which spoon it was. Mm-hmm. And I may have given her like one pop, you know, every four years. And that was it. I mean, I just, I hated that, that I hated the spanking spoon more than she did. <laughs> but one time she had done something and it was not like Ryland to be disobedient at all. But there was one time, I don't even remember what she did. She'd drawn on the couch or something really dumb. So we're like, okay, go get the spanking spoon. And I kid you not, John Landis, she comes walking back from the kitchen. She was probably like, I don't know, three or four. She comes walking back with like a measuring teaspoon (laughs) that would barely fit. Just serious, holding it up like, here, use this. Smart girl, <laughs> like smart. It was, and we just sat there, just like trying not to smile, and be serious. Yeah. Like, wow, you just saved yourself yeah. because of the humor of this. <laughs> so, anyway, smart girl, that's funny. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad we did this. I thought I just wanted to do like a quick best Friday ever, going into the Father's Day weekend, wishing you. And I, that's a sweet lid. Where did you get your lid? I'm gonna post a picture of that. I think of you. With oh, your, thank you. Your, yeah, your this dad. is uh, this is a Laura surprise right so before cool. we went to the hospital. I think it's it's actually a bar stool hat. No wonder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I it was a it was a you know a nice little gift. I, I didn't know about it. And to the listener out there, it's like the old school golfer hat that just has a beautiful cursive writing, Dad. That's it. It's it, and it's so fitting. I had to wear it. It's it just with you, Landis, the style of the hat and the fact that you, only only you would roll around after just having a baby with a big old cap on that says dad i'm shouting it from the mountaintops i love I'm it i'm happy i love it well <laughs> congratulations to you guys thanks for having some barbecue with me and hey Thank folks you. thanks for joining us we hope you have a, fa- a very very happy father's day to the dads that are out there listening god bless you you've got an incredible uh, uh responsibility on your hands and um and just Thank you for what you do. Love it on those children, raising them properly. And uh, Landis, Godspeed, brother. I'm here if I can ever help. Thanks, Jason. You're the man. I appreciate you. Love you, Dad. Well, that does it for this episode of the Jason Wright Show. Father's Day edition to all the dads out there. I hope you all have a very happy Father's Day. And don't forget to go out to jasonrightnow.com and sign up for the Vitruvian Letter. I've got a big one coming up. Right now, I'm in the middle of the 13-part series on Ben Franklin's 13 virtues, 13 articles describing and analyzing all the virtues. So please check that out. And also don't forget to always endeavor to improve. Always and always, I'm out.